Welcome to Your Direction, a podcast dedicated to discussing the science of purpose. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tony Burrow, and I'm joined by your other co-host, Patrick Hill. Hey, Pat. Hey, Tony. So we've found each other again in between seasons and wanted to take the opportunity to discuss a current, semi-current event. Something seems to have shifted or changed in the world recently with the midterm elections. And it seemed like a great opportunity to sink into them a little bit. Post-election, of course. We didn't want to say too much pre-election because we knew that our voice might shape America's vote. <laughs> so we thought <laughs> thought it was wise to wait until after the election to, to delve into them a little bit, but through the lens of purpose. And we want to consider purpose in the context of politics because Pat pointed out something really, really interesting recently, which is that purpose has come up quite a bit in the context of politics. It's actually kind of hard to miss. And so we wanted to just uh, create some space to muse a little bit about what purpose means in the context of politics. And we're going to do this today sort of guided by three questions. And just to lay them out here so you'll know what we're going to get into, um, the three questions we're going to discuss is first is where is purpose in politics? Kind of how is it situated in the context of politics? Second, is purpose a Democrat or Republican? And this will undoubtedly lead us to conclude that purpose is libertarian, for sure. Um, but, <laughs> yep. And finally, third and finally, we will consider what does the political arena teach us mm -hmm. about purpose? And what does it lend toward thinking about sort of our scientific conversations and understandings about purpose? But first things first, um, let me just check in with you, Pat. First, how are you? I, I, I'm good, Tony. I, I, I think <laughs> we've, we've survived our elections and we're... Like, yeah. We're able to talk about them now. <laughs> well, good. Let's let's yeah. do that then. Um, so, so the first question that we sort of teed up here is is where is purpose in politics? Yeah. It, so, as Tony mentioned, one reason uh, that we wanted to come uh, come to you um, with I don't know if it's a breaking news alert, um, given the elections over, but um, <laughs> one reason for coming actually after the election is that. Purpose is something that not only has been mentioned so frequently during everybody's campaigns, mm -hmm. um, but it came up a lot in like victory speeches after the election. And, you know, we're going to focus on uh, the American, the U.S. elections because that's where we are. But it's worth noting this isn't something kind of unique to us. Um not only is it the case that there have been a lot of interesting elections worldwide, but the discussion of purpose is something that comes up in a lot of those discussions uh, worldwide. So, you know, we'll focus today on U.S. politics. And with that in mind, um, I wanted to raise a couple of quotes from either Democrat or Republicans uh, winning their recent elections. So, for instance... Um, purpose was raised recently by the now governor-elect of uh, Maryland, Wes Moore, uh, who mentioned to uh, their constituents, it was your support, it was your sense of purpose that carried us across the state. Hmm. So first off, Moore is kind of talking about purpose 
in in the constituents and purpose among the people who elected them to office rather than thinking about their own sense of purpose and direction. So there's there's one role that purpose can play is thinking about the sense of purpose of the electorate. Um, and another way that purpose has been brought up uh, comes from uh, now Representative uh, Nancy Mace uh, in South Carolina, who, after uh, being elected, uh, mentions that the low county voters, a region of uh, that uh, constituency, low county voters here have given me a purpose in life I didn't know I ever had. Hmm. And I promised to put them first. And today, voters have made their voices heard. So compared to Moore, who's talking about the sense of purpose of the voters, now we have this idea of purpose being provided by the voters in a way that uh, uh, this Republican representative is mentioning how the voice of the voters gave them a purpose in life and a direction that they didn't previously have. And now they're going forward uh, to Washington to, to fulfill this purpose. Real quick, before we get lost in, in more examples, yeah. do you think both of those land as sort of being consistent with how the scientific literature uses purpose? Are these just sort of cheap wins for the term purpose? Or are they actually, do they have resonance with how the literature thinks about that, purpose? It, it's a great question. And and regardless of uh, the actual people going into office, it, it seems like purpose won this election. Um, that mm-hmm. a, a lot of people, like, talking about wins, pur- purpose is coming up a lot here. Um, <laughs> But like you say, is purpose coming up the same way that we, we've we thought about it and we've talked about it on this podcast? And when you consider those two, um, we see first off that kind of distinction we've made several times between a sense of purpose or a sense of direction. So in the first quote, we have this notion of, you know, the voters had this direction that guided them to voting uh, according to the candidate, uh, for Westmore to be to be elected, mm-hmm. versus the mm-hmm. second, the uh, candidate is bringing up this kind of big P purpose that we've talked about before. That mm-hmm. the voters have given a new direction or a new aim for life, and in that way, it's kind of interesting that we're seeing purpose raised in ways uh, that we've talked about from both the perception side, as well as from the big overarching uh, aim for life. But you could see like, you know, in the second quote, one has to question a little bit about, you know, did this election spur someone to having a purpose? Like, it it would seem difficult to imagine a candidate running for office mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. a purpose to ha- and then all of a sudden upon being elected now it's like oh no now i got to now i actually have to do something <laughs> so maybe maybe there is a bit of liberty being taken here um yeah I, i'm curious do you, do you have thoughts about how these map onto how you would think about uh purpose um in, in the scientific literature they both appeal to the idea of an intention being clear to a person is sort of recognizing that a vote and overwhelming sort of having won the vote is 
some evidence of sort of a mandate that there's an intentionality that a constituency or a critical mass, critical number of people wanted you to do something. And right. so and becoming aware of that. Now, I, it probably does feign a bit of, I don't know, uh, I, I don't know that it's said in jest, but it, it probably is a bit hyperbolic to imagine that, that it was as a result of the vote, I now have a purpose or set, found my sense of right. purpose. That's, <laughs> but I, I can understand, I can appreciate a candidate at least at least claiming that publicly um, mm-hmm. to recognize that it was a, you know a recognition that the whatever they were attempting to do while running they now have clarity of voice that there's a group of people behind them who want them to go do something so that prospective aim that intentionality of purpose that we've talked about that that does come through here um, right. and it doesn't another idea we've talked about on our podcast is how purpose oftentimes gets used interchangeably with other terms like goals or meaning in life or identity thing sometimes. But it does seem, I guess, from my view that purpose is sort of appropriately used here, at least is this not just a jingle jangle of terms. There's something about this that at least it it reads like a coherent or I'm listening to your quote to sort of a coherent statement which is good on behalf of the candidates running that they're able to string together coherent sentences, but there's something about them that holds, at least holds logically true in my mind. You know, however we think about in the scientific literature for both of those, it would be difficult to substitute in um, one of those other words that you mentioned, like it was your support. It was your sense of identity that carried us across the state. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Or that's right. The locality voters have given me a meaning in life that I didn't know. Uh, you're, you're right. Like this is something um, that maybe we'll come back to later. But it, it's it's a good point that, to their credit, these are certainly not problematic uses. I would say of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do nicely exemplify a lot of the topics right. uh, that we've raised regarding the the difficulty with comparing what does this look like um, in your feeling and sense versus what does this look like as the broader aim. And as you note, I, I guess one reason um, to, to finish this like first question about why is purpose coming up in politics is exactly what you're saying, that Presumably, a lot of politicians want to use purpose because of that prospection. Hmm. You know, most of the time we're electing officials because they are giving a plan for the future or or giving us a direction for the country to go. And in that sense, um, it makes a lot of sense to invoke purpose rather than Hmm. other things such as you know, personal identity or um, sense of meaning or anything that would be more retrospective. So in a way, I, I think you're you're hitting on a really valuable reason why purpose came up so much throughout the campaign and particularly here at the end of it, post, uh, post results. It'd be interesting to kind of put this in historical context to, to sort of a wondering if purpose has always figured prominently in political rhetoric mm-hmm. uh, or if this is sort of an emerging sort of trend to kind of get people's perspective on uh, thinking about what they can do uh, going forward. I mean, what it is, first and foremost, it's a, it's a 
just a commentary. It's a treatise on our podcast that we're clearly sinking into the living rooms and, and voting booths across the country that people, <laughs> people have been listening to your direction and they now are, are using purpose in a really, yes. a really appropriate way. So this is great. I, I, I forgot to mention both candidates mentioned your direction and, <laughs> and thanked, thanked us in their uh, victory speech. So We can expect some position in their cabinet or something. We'll see. Right. Um, I haven't gotten mine, but maybe you've gotten here. So. Um, well, are there others that you want to point us to, or should we move on to the second question, or what? Do, what do you? You know, I I think one there there are some other examples that we might come back to here. Um, okay. But one thing that I want to point to uh, to to lead us uh, forward is the fact um, I, I forget if I mentioned this already that both of these are compete like quote unquote competing parties like. The first candidate is a Democrat. Uh, the second candidate being a rep, uh, representative from the Republican Party. And it leads to a question, um, and you've already answered that it will be uh, libertarian is the correct answer. But um, I, I guess uh, there's been a couple of papers out there, and I don't know if you want to start us off on this front or if you want me to regarding it. Is there a political affiliation associated with a purposeful life or a purposeful direction? Well, this this is I'll, I'll bite on the segue here because this will be a perfect sort of demonstration for for the world and how we both, as researchers who dabble in the purpose literature, sort of might, might what we make of the existing literature. My take on this is that yes, this this particular question about whether purpose is a Democrat or a Republican isn't entirely just going to be us armchairing. There are published studies that try to link reported sense of purpose in life with one's political affiliation. Before we even get into what those findings say, want to suggest that we might take the prevailing literature with a, a bit of a grain of salt, <laughs> given the difficult, not the difficulty so much with, with reporting the degree to which one per, a person feels purposeful, but but what sort of general polling on political affiliation really means and looks like. And, and I think you can, there's a lot of different approaches and I'm not trying to dissuade people from, you know, consuming the literature that exists, but I've always sort of been a bit skeptical of the published work mm-hmm. on political affiliation, um, self-reported political affiliation and, and sense of purpose, maybe in light of general trends or, or questions around reporting one's political affiliation and how that predicts what they're likely to do in in the electorate or in voting um, that we're seeing sort of writ large in sort of political science is that I I, I have questions about what what people think they're responding to when they're pulling a slider left or right on one's political affiliation. So um, I just want to drop that either grain of salt or, or big salt lick, depending on how, how, how <laughs> severe you think that really is. But I just find it really interesting that we can certainly ask these questions and we have, and people mm-hmm. certainly published work on them. But I think it's a get in light of sort of the difficulty with general polling around particular candidates that people like and that we're seeing in, in a larger sort of polling landscape, political affiliation in psychological studies is doing a lot of heavy lifting in my view. But but it may be worth, at least before we jump to all that, at least laying out what the literature has actually shown. So, uh, Tony's did I destroy, did I destroy your anything. willingness to even discuss this? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, you, you, you've already given away the end of the story that the answer is going to be, it. it it's not even like it depends. It's more like, 
we're not really sure we buy uh, a lot of things but um let me start by tell like i i i remember distinctly um about three or so three four years ago um there was a paper that came out that immediately was texted to both of us Mm -hmm. i believe Mm -hmm. where researchers had come up uh with the idea that conservatives report greater media to life than liberals and this paper got a lot of press uh, that it, it was taken in a lot of different ways and um we we were asked to res- or respond to it um and kind of demurred a lot of times from responding <laughs> um but what was interesting about this paper um and the paper um by David Newman and colleagues looks at this in a few different ways and it's it's interesting because the way you break down these studies and the the takeaway messages that you make from these studies like uh the paper from a few years ago speak to exactly what Tony said like we there's a lot of methodological wrinkles here that we have to consider mm-hmm. along the way mm-hmm. um and each of these are pretty important so Let's start with the 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 news alert takeaway message from uh, this paper and, and a couple others since then um, is that some uh, research labs have found evidence of a very modest effect suggesting that conservatives tend to report higher levels on meeting in life. Uh, than individuals who affiliate as being more liberal on that kind of slider scale that Tony mentioned. And there's three kind of integral things here that we need to point out um, for anybody who who's read those articles um, and particularly read the, like you see this in the news get re- reported quite uh, widely, um, that the first thing we've already kind of alluded to is a lot of the articles did it always directly capture purpose? Um, that there, there's something to be said here for talking about whether it's meaning versus purpose. Uh, and, and this is a topic that we've raised a lot of this podcast. But when we consider this distinction, what some of the follow-up studies have showed is that perhaps it has less to do about the purpose goal direction component of meeting and may have more to do with kind of the sense of mattering or the, the, the sense that you are significant to kind of the existential nature uh, mm-hmm. of the world. Um, so the first caveat uh, towards breaking down these findings about conservatives might score higher is that it may not necessarily be, goal-directed aspirations like we've been talking about, it may be more related to things like this extent to which you feel that your life matters Mm -hmm. in the broader sense. Um, So the second thing to bring up from these kind of big studies is uh, there's a lot of difficulty trying to disentangle uh, religion and religiosity from these measures at times. So Tony and I have actually done a couple of studies uh, showing 
that how you ask about religion and spirituality and whether you have a quote unquote important purpose or important meaning to the world can really shape the associations that you find between purpose and other variables. And what's interesting is that at least in American studies, uh, some of the research shows that individuals who score higher on conservatism may score slightly higher on religiosity. And when you take that out of the picture, that might be explaining part of this effect as well. So again, we have a very small effect to start with. Part of it may be a meaning versus purpose issue. Part of it may be a religiosity confound. And the final thing to bring up here is a lot of it may depend on what the purpose actually is. (laughs) So when you consider these studies, and if you see this in the news about, you know, Democrats score higher or Republicans Mm -hmm. score higher, um, it's worth noting that it may depend a lot on what the stated purpose of life is rather than just thinking about sense of purpose. So for instance, you know, we were just uh, presenting some work at a conference about uh, individuals having a purpose in life focused on social change and social activism. And when you ask about that form of purpose, there's a very modest but significant tendency for uh, liberals to score higher on Hmm. on this kind of commitment to a purpose. And it's not the case that we find it's exclusive to political liberals. Um, And again, the effect is very modest, like it was in the overall studies we just mentioned. But what's interesting here is how this very modest effect can be moved around a lot depending on how you ask about purpose, how you ask about meaning, and whether you account for things like religiosity or whether you account for things like general well-being. Um, And all of that to say, uh, in however many minutes I just took, uh, Tony was right at the start in terms of it's a lot of methodological nooks and crannies, nuances, caveats, um, that I think the take-home message that we would like to portray from this literature is don't immediately jump (laughs) when you see these news uh, reports about one group scoring higher on purpose than the other, because a lot of it needs to be taken uh, with a grain of salt, uh, a salt lick, what, however much salt uh, we, we need, uh, because there's so many different ways of asking these questions. There are so many other variables that could sure. be at play. And we've already mentioned it wasn't the case that it was difficult to find uh, quotes from Republicans versus Democrats. Like it wasn't one group was mentioning purpose and the other group wasn't when they were accepting uh, their their election victories. It, instead, it seems like you probably have to be pretty purposeful regardless to be a politician. Right, right. Um, whatever that purpose may be, and uh, listeners may be uh, more or less cynical of the purposes of politicians, they still have some direction that's giving them uh, a, a sense to go from day to day. 
And uh, overall, the literature speaks to maybe political affiliation isn't the best predictor when it comes to who is going to be higher on sense of purpose overall. Right. And I mean, I think, Pat, you're you're kind of pulling back the, the layers here. And I think for folks who don't spend a lot of time looking at sort of polling data, mm-hmm. let me just disclaim and say that I, these studies are worth reading and spending some time with if you're interested. I wouldn't certainly dissuade anybody from checking out the paper that we've mentioned. Um, they begin with these really large, from a psychological pers- study perspective, large samples, right? It's thousands of people responding to these things. But when you collect psychological data with that many people, usually you're down to like a single item. So it might ask, you know, how meaningful is life, mm-hmm. right? Or how purposeful is life? And so that term is doing a lot of heavy lifting mm-hmm. versus what the psychological measures of purpose in life really try to get at, sort of um, uh, a measure that has a bit more nuance to it. And so it's just, it's, it has the potential of making a lot out of something that the evidence may not be overwhelmingly clear about. And right. so when it comes to sort of political reductionism, I would just add a right. layer of, of additional caution for, for, for drawing major sort of sweeping conclusions as if Republicans are actually more purposeful. Well, how did they measure purpose? Did they, did they measure that with the concept of, with the term meaning? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does conservatism mean in those data sets? And, and who, what, what was, was, did the sample lean more democratic to begin with? And so what is that? So these are just questions I think we need to, to continue yeah. asking. It's not to take away from the existing published work, but, it, but just to add a little bit of concern over the inferences that we draw from those kinds of papers. I, and that's an excellent point that we, we should note it's not uh, that there was anything wrong or it's not that we're critiquing this work. In fact, um, the paper that in in the main paper that we just mentioned is very well, like there's multiple studies. It's very well done. It's looked at multiple, uh, looked at these associations in multiple ways. And they were the ones who brought up several of the nuances that we're talking about here. Right. The, The difficulty is not necessarily with the research literature, which as you just heard us uh, drone on about all the specific nuanced details of the methods, uh, like researchers have been very good about this uh, in their work of being very tactful. And, and right. e- in that paper mentioning, like even the fe- the effects that are shown are remarkably modest in magnitude. The problem tends to be, uh, with the news uh, news media who who were the ones contacting us like right. so that's right what do you want to comment on this paper that showing <laughs> that Republicans are so much more purposeful and <laughs> and again I think one one thing that hopefully this uh, podcast uh, does is to to make you feel like uh, not everything you read in the news you should take word for word verbatim right off the bat that they're there's definitely a need to be a very skeptical reader at times as to what right. what the news is actually trying to present and whether the takeaway is quite as easy as they're making it out to be. That's right. And we're just suggesting you be more like Steve Kornacki is do not call anything until right. you have all the evidence. Um, so don't call purpose for one county or another until you, until, you know, the, the data are all in. And, and the one association that does show up consistently is khaki wearing is very strongly associated with sense of purpose. It is. 
I mean, profoundly. Now that's a large that's that's a large effect. You don't need many people to to, no. to notice that. No. That's pretty. Um, so I think um, our listeners are just begging for us to move on to the third question here. Um, <laughs> Which is I, I, I like that you said plural as though there's still multiple <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, so for, uh, the 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 one person still listening to this, um, we feel we feel the need to move on to the third question for your on your behalf, <laughs> which is um, what does the political arena teach us about purpose? So we can measure purpose and say how does that splash up against the political arena, but what might we learn about purpose uh, by watching the political use and treatment of purpose? What do you think about that, Pat? When you look at the political arena, it's allowing us a lot of insight into, first off, the power of purpose. Like these politicians are trying to garner votes. Uh, They're trying to demonstrate that they have a broad, grand plan for for the future. Mm -hmm. And it's really impactful to consider that purpose is the construct they want to allude to <laughs> like they mm-hmm. the again it was not difficult to find quotes and we're going to come up with a couple more here in a moment uh that i want to bring up but that it comes up very frequently it it shows a plan forward and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways you can see why showcasing that why representing that you have a purpose both for yourself and for the country or, or your constituency uh, is valuable, that it, it would seem very difficult to, to want to vote for someone who didn't have a clear direction either for themselves or where they wanted the the city, the county, whatever to go. Um, so I, I think one thing that comes up here is we've talked about the power of purpose so frequently on this podcast and discussing its prediction of well-being, its, dis- its prediction of health, and, and all these positive things across the lifespan, but it's a whole new take on the power of purpose to think about how it shapes our elections and how it shapes who we vote for and what kinds of candidates we gravitate towards. Are purposeful politicians, are purposeful leaders actually more effective? Are they are they more likely to get elected by recruiting this language? Are they more likely to sort of either retain control or power, or are they able to hold on to a large group of people if they play into purpose narratives? I mean, these are questions that I think mm-hmm. it really could push an area of sort of, I guess, political purpose research to think about how politicians might more strategically use this term. And I don't mean just to be malicious, like it's, it's, it's just all a big ploy, but to actually ask, I mean, the quotes that you read at the beginning, these were things that were said after the fact. Mm-hmm. So they weren't necessarily said out of a you know, a manufactured need for votes. They were a reflection on how these politicians understood their role. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just it's just interesting to me to think about how this mm-hmm. might just help us think about how purpose and leadership might go right. in hand in hand in ways that we haven't fully drawn out in the literature. That's a great point. And and, and as you said, like there's bo- there's two sides here of you could imagine studying the extent to which perceived purposefulness does predict your desire to to vote for someone hmm. but i i think you raise a really important point here that these like these quotes were taken after the election like there was no need to yeah, continue voicing purpose necessarily they've already won uh but uh we, it, it's valuable to think about that in terms of 
I just got elected to office and I still right. want to demonstrate right. that I'm thinking about themes of purpose. Um, and, you know, another thing um, that has come up a lot for uh, us at our lab recently is how politicians and how the political environment does a good job of exemplifying some of the pathways to purpose and some of the like mechanisms that might cultivate purpose development that you and I have spoken about before. Um, so for instance, uh, there's been a few examples um, recently of individuals who were spurred to this kind of a purpose and direction as a result of what we've called previously like a reactive pathway, like mm -hmm. something major happened in their life that led them to reconsider uh, what their purpose and direction was. Uh, we we kind of joked about this earlier in terms of like getting elected could be that thing, but probably not. Um, but instead, we, we've seen this, you know, in a paper we recently did looking at uh, the representative here in St. Louis uh, telling the story of like Cori Bush's life and how Cori Bush was not really thinking about this political arena until major events happened in her community. Uh, major traumatic events had happened to the people around her that, that spurred her to act, like be more active in both social change and ultimately uh, going to Washington. And another quote that I wanted to raise here actually comes from uh, the victory speech uh, mentioned, uh, the victory speech given about uh, two years ago now uh, from Kamala Harris, mm -hmm. now the vice president, mm -hmm. um, talking about Joe Biden and speaking about Joe Biden as, as she put it, a person whose own experience of loss gives him a sense of purpose that will help us as a nation reclaim our own sense of purpose. Hmm. And there's a lot going on in this like in this one sentence <laughs> that that merits some unpacking here. That on on the first hand, uh, people familiar with the life story of Joe Biden knows that he has suffered some very traumatic losses of people very close to him throughout his lifespan. And it, it's interesting to hear Harris bring that up as something that spurred Biden to have this sense of purpose that something needed to be done or I, I needed uh, or they needed to be able to fulfill their direction or fulfill what was like expected of those people uh, that Biden had lost. Mm -hmm. And with the second point, the second part of the sentence, it, it leads to this kind of final piece that politics is showing us is this notion of as a nation reclaiming our own sense of purpose. It's fascinating how much politicians are alluding to something you and I raised uh, early in the podcast seasons about an idea linked to common purpose, like this idea that we as a country would have a purpose. We as a nation would have a direction going forward that, you know, a, a politician or a set of politicians would be the ones guiding the country towards their purpose um, and direction is, is a fascinating idea to think of this as a more collective construct 
than how you and I typically talk about it as this more in, individual form, which is more common in the psychological mm-hmm. literature. Mm-hmm. We definitely think about purpose, sort of this individual aim and direction, source of meaning, perhaps. But um, there is something when you translate purpose into the political realm, it brings with it this larger group of people, constituencies or uh, people who share that agenda. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And and that's interesting that, that it's not only showing up in the rhetoric and the way people talk about this, but it may force us to ask better questions about the power of purpose of how do people understand ultimately what they're holding when they realize there's more than just them holding it or wanting right. to move in that particular direction. Right. Um, and on one hand, I can think of some potential pitfalls of that, which would be <laughs> the ability for a constituency to to detect when, hey, we put you in office to pursue this thing with us and for us and on, on our behalf, and now you're not doing it, you're not doing a good job of it, or you're deviating and going in a different direction. So on one hand, that articulation of purpose and purpose clarity could also be the thing that people notice, hey, you're no longer, you're no longer on that path. You're no longer and, doing that. Yeah, you're no longer doing that. And, and that was really important to us. But at the same time, I guess it could also be the the, the, the binding feature is people mm-hmm. celebrating and recognizing that you're there for that fight. You're still pushing toward this particular agenda that we all want. Right. This common purpose idea that you're pointing out, I just think is, is, is wonderful. And we think sometimes in the literature about sort of a, a pro-social purpose or a self-transcendent purpose. There's folks who certainly write about that kind of purpose, mm-hmm. but this is different. This is not just an individual purpose that is of consequence to others. I think what you're illuminating is the potential that there's actually sort of a recognition that there's more than one person that's behind this particular content. So it's not just me doing something on behalf of somebody others. It's this recognition that it is a we, it's a broader we. Right. And that's a really interesting idea. And, you know, as you were speaking, it reminds me of something where, um, at least here in the States, one of the most frequent questions that people get polled on, like in monthly political polls, is this idea of, is the country going in the right direction? Right, right. It's very common for us to ask, is the country going in the right direction, which is explicitly saying, like, are we following our purpose or are we like, do we need a new purpose or something? But we don't talk about it that way. Uh, so it, it's, it's intriguing to think about asking that. Yeah, But it's, it is, you're right. It's a, it's sort of this periodic reliable check-in is this movement, is this entity moving in the direction that we all want it to be. Right. And yes. I think what you pointed out from the beginning of this episode, it's a powerful force for a politician to recruit that sentiment. Um, both in terms of conjuring the kind of vote and interest in their campaign, but then to reflect on it after the fact is this recognition like, hey, wait a second, I'm a part of a larger thing here. And it can be a kind of weather vane of how well we're doing that people may be very sensitive to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they, when they detect you know, any derailment of that particular direction, that could be a, an issue. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and thinking to the original quotes, like, we have a discussion of the people bringing purpose to the candidates. Like in, in both cases, the candidates are talking about how the voters either were purposeful and, and elected the person into office, or the voters gave that person a direction and, and a purpose um, that they di- didn't previously have. So thinking about 
those voters as part of your like part of the direction going forward as they're all together with one individual leading them <laughs> or one individual elected to lead that direction is is kind of a fascinating uh, idea that we you know we don't usually talk about because we're usually thinking about this from a very specific like does this help that candidate <laughs> like, right. Uh, right. The, the, it, it's something that has come up before for us in terms of uh, we discussed this from the idea of uh, vaccination rates uh, right. during the pandemic of calling upon a common purpose then yeah and now we see this coming back and kind of calling upon a common purpose when elections come around and um, there's certainly more that could be said on this front, um, but I think that uh, wraps up a lot of what we were thinking of discussing today uh, when we discuss politics and purpose. Um, is, is there anything else uh, that you want to mention, Tony, uh, like possibly your your candidacy for, for 2024? <laughs> or I, I was I really thought that when you called to do this episode that you needed a platform to announce that you are turning the corner into politics and that this would have been your uh, announcement speech. But if you're asking for mine, then I presume that you, you're you not ready to announce yet. Um, I'm still working on an exploration committee right now. So. <laughs> you know, it's a, a big wondering is whether or not doing this podcast has hurt either of our chances to ever yeah. run for so office. So we'll, we'll start uh, the polling around this issue and, and come back with more results about that down the road. <laughs> we can do that. Um, this is a lot of fun. It's neat that we can hold up this concept and not just think about it in the lives of individuals, but think about it in our collective experience and in, in the in the context of participating in something as important and meaningful. Um, and I want to say as fun as voting and being a part of the political process, but that we can explore this has been been really cool. So yeah. thanks for bringing this up, Pat. Yes. And uh, thank you all for uh, for listening to us, uh, however many of you are still listening. Um, <laughs> and we look forward to bringing more episodes for you, uh, either as emergency alerts <laughs> before season three or when we get to season three. But uh, thank you again for listening to Your Direction. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again. We'll see you next time.